Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Manchester Evening News Manchester City podcast live here in L.A. I'm James Robson, Manchester City editor, and I'm with Martin Blackburn, who covers City for The Sun, and Jonathan Smith, who covers City for ESPN. Guys, we've only seen one game so far, and there's not really much you could draw from that, was it, against United? It was, uh, it, let's say, City were, were right at the start of their preparations, and they looked it, didn't they? Yeah, I don't think you can read too much into it. It was, um, it didn't even start the game with the strongest eleven. And you, if you bear in mind the people that aren't here, we've seen obviously Benjamin Mendy, Danilo have been signed since uh, Bernardo Silva wasn't here. So it was very much a mix and match team. So I don't, I don't think we can read too much into it. It's first game of pre-season, uh, it'll get a bit more intense from now on. I think. Yeah, there was uh, there were some positives for City. You know, I think I think those who got up in the middle of the night back at home and those in the stadium would have been quite excited by what they saw from. From Phil Foden, there's uh, real signs of promise there. Um, I think everybody was quite blown away by how a 17-year-old can do that. So, uh, uh, and yeah, Vincent Company put in a decent half. Um, well, maybe an odd question mark over the over the keeper, but apart from that one rush of blood, I thought he did uh, he did okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, so it's on to the next one against Real Madrid now. The the keeper got a few brutal headlines, didn't he? Um, but like you say, it's a, his first game. Yeah, it was yeah. a rush of blood. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any keeper could do it, but it's just against the backdrop of what happened last season. Isn't yeah. it? That's, that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, Pep's, you know, he's, he spent a lot of money and he sort of uh, uh, staked his reputation on Edison a little bit. You know, thirty-five million quid is what we're is what we're told. So uh, he's he's going to have to be he's going to have to be good. I mean, the the good thing about him is that he's only twenty-three, I think. So uh, he's certainly got time on his side. That perhaps was a bit of a problem with with Bravo. He didn't do very well last season, and they know he's not the sort of He's probably not going to be the long-term answer either. So, uh, so they've gone they've gone big on uh, on Edison, but they're, they're, because of the fee and because of what happened last season, inevitably there'll be a bit of spotlight on him. But from what from what they've said in Portugal, he's a, he's a confident lad, and uh, and I'm sure he'll come through what happened uh, the other night in Houston. Could do with a good performance against Real Madrid, though, couldn't he? Yeah, that would help. I mean, I think he recovered well from the uh, mm. the incident. He he made a. I mean, there was that save he made from uh, Phil Jones. A couple of saves, obviously, he was offside at the time. Yeah. But yeah. he was—he he wasn't to know that he made the saves. The thing is, this is what Pep wants to do. This is how he wants his keepers to play. It's what Manuel Neuer did at uh, Bayern Munich, and he's probably probably the best goalkeeper in the world. But he often made the odd mistake—not often made the odd—made the odd mistake, um, a similar sort of thing coming out or getting caught out of position. And Guardiola's quite happy to accept the odd mistake for the uh, advantages advantages that he brings. Yeah, he sees that as kind of. Uh, almost collateral damage, doesn't it? As a case of, well, I'll let the odd goal in, but the amount of chances it will create by my keepers doing that makes it worth it, doesn't it? That's yeah, the yeah. Idea. It's all about creating the extra man. So uh, he does look, look like he's good with his feet, and uh, apparently he's got a, a, an awesome kick on him. We didn't see too much of it the other night, but uh, I think he, you know the idea is he's going to launch one or two sort of counter attacks by uh, catching teams unaware. So yeah, you know, looking forward to seeing how he does really. Well, there's been already a few signings just since that game, hasn't there? I think 
well, we spoke to Guardiola twice, didn't we, around that game, and both times made it. He made it pretty clear he wants he wants the business done and done quickly. Yeah. They've done that. They brought in Mendy. That's one that I think City fans are really excited about. And Danilo is more of a he's a right back come utility player. But um, the Mendy signing that's that one looks particularly exciting, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Do you want to get Johnny? Do you want to speak about it first? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, I mean, it's obviously no surprise that City were after fullbacks after what happened in the summer when uh, three of them left and then Kolarov's since gone to Roma. Um, but I think when you look at the, what, who they've brought in, Kyle Walker uh, as well, it's just that speed, that energy, uh, that dynamism that was missing last season. I think after the United game, uh, Pep Guardiola spoke about how they were all in the 30s, these fullbacks, and they were sort of limited in what they could do and what, of what he demanded of them. You saw Walker against United, the way he dealt with uh, Rashford. He was able to get forward support and get back and cover someone as quick as Rashford. And it's going to really change the way that City play because they can supplement attacks now. Uh, and you just think that any side coming to the Etihad now, they, they must be frightened to death of the speed in the City team. Mm. Not only have they got Leroy Sane, Sterling, Jesus, players like that, it was so quick. And you add in Walker and uh, Mendy, it, it's just absolutely terrifying, the, the thought of going all out of the Etihad and being picked off like that mm. Mm. Yeah. It's, a, it's a huge amount of money they've spent on fullbacks. you can't really uh, get away from that but it's, it's long overdue you know I think that the, the last time they actually paid money for a, a fullback was Mike on in 2012 so five years have gone by and that didn't work uh, out too well it didn't well. work out too well either I think you know a year before that they, they signed Gail Cleese who's, who's done a good job but it is pretty remarkable I think that they've cleared out all four of the uh, fullback options last year in one go and just shows really that he kind of you know patched up made, made they were with what he had last year and uh, for, for, for the whole season really and uh, uh, that that's obviously been the, the area where he wanted to, to strengthen most and you know, Cheeky Begivistan gets a lot of stick for the uh, from from some fans and from uh, people look at the the sums that they spend and the, the sums that maybe they don't recoup. But what you'd say for him is that generally, when he when he sets his sight on a player, he, he goes out and gets them. So uh, um, you know, he's, he's obviously got a good contacts book and, and he's good at getting deals over the line. And when you talk about they're spending all this money on fullbacks, that doesn't quite tell the story, does it? Because they're not really. Yes, they're full-backs in the, in the traditional sense of the term, in terms of where they'll line up to begin with, but he sees them as much more than that, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. they're, they're effectively attacking players as far as he's concerned, aren't they? Mm. And I think when you look at last season, Danny Alves, if we're still allowed to talk about him, if that's not a sore subject, uh, look at him for Juventus last year. He was one of the standout players in yeah. Europe, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. And you could probably say the same about Mendy for, for Monaco, and you know, we're talking about full-backs here, aren't we? Mm. Yeah. And also, if you look back at uh, Guardiola's teams that he's had previously at Barcelona and Bayern Munich, Players like Philip Lahm, uh, like say Alves when he was at Barça, yeah. Jordi Alba, they was just so pivotal to what, to what uh, those made those teams so successful. So he didn't quite have the uh, standard that he wanted last season, and uh, and they've addressed that this season. They've, you know, talking about the money is they have spent a lot, but like we say, it's, it's, it's changing the philosophy. Philosophy completely. Well, both of them, you know, Mendy and uh, Walker will, will excite City fans because you know a lot of more remember what Mendy did. Mm. I particularly remember the first half in Monaco last year. You know, he was he was good for both games, but that first half, he, he you know he ran City ragged, and, and Kyle Walker has been has been frightening uh, defenses for for years with his pace. You know, whether it's uh, you know whether he's great with his feet and, or whether you know he creates enough goals, whether he's crossing his his up to scratch is perhaps you know perhaps why Spurs have let him go but you know he will give that person he will frighten teams no doubt about that the thing I'm wondering is 
we, we all watched a lot of City last year and defensively they were they were fragile and if we were picking out problems last year it would be in the centre of defence they, they'd miss company so much didn't they it's the fact that he's He's decided that full-backs are more important than bringing in a top-class mm. centre-back. Because what we're yeah. hearing now is he's now just looking for cover, really, at centre-back. Yeah. Will, that, will that sort out the problems they had in defence by just, just buying a few uh, full-backs? I think, it, I think it'll make a big difference, yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that all, the, all four of them were over 30, and in, in the nicest possible way, I think he mentioned a few times that, you know, his full-backs weren't really the sort of full-backs that he likes to play with. And, and you know, the... The, the guys they had were, uh, were they, they've all, uh, you know, they've all earned the place in, in city folklore, you know. But but yeah, he, he feels that, that he needs that down the down the flanks to uh, to, to sort of make make his way of playing, um, you know, what what exactly what he wants uh, with with the centre halves. I think you know John Stones. I think everybody would would think that had he had more time playing with company, I think you'd have seen a different John Stones. And I think you know you probably will see. Uh, if, they, if those two can play together, he'll probably grow in confidence. You know, he's 12 months down the line. He had some some rocky uh, moments last year, but um, yeah, I think I think if company can stay fit and, and take him under his wing a little bit, I'm not sure they need to spend. Uh, you know, I'm not mm. sure they need a Van Dijk or a Benucci or, or anybody like that because Otamendi's decent too. So uh, yeah, I can see I can see why they're thinking. You know, just cover. Otamendi's twice the player when he's next to company as well, isn't he? Yeah, we saw yeah. that at the end of last season, didn't we? Yeah, those two did, did play very well yeah. together. Um, but I think John Stones is probably the future uh, for City. Uh, you know, Pep's obviously spoken about him, about how he's got... Well, I remember being in the room when he said that he had more balls than anyone, any, any <laughs> one of us. So yeah. um, No-one yeah, challenged him on that, <laughs> did they? <laughs> Guardiola's got huge faith in him. Um, I mean, he's, he, he does leave his defenders isolated. That's part of the risk. Same with the goalkeepers, he leaves yeah. his defenders isolated at times um, and perhaps he's a little bit inexperienced to deal with that yet but with each passing season he's going to improve on that and certainly playing alongside uh, Vincent Company is going to get better at it. He, Stones was the, was the signing that Guardiola wanted the most last summer as well so mm. he, he has, you know, what happened last season won't have uh, changed his view that much. He was, he was the, the sort of key man as it were last summer so uh, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be persevering with him and, and hoping, as I say, that Company can... Uh, and just bring him on a little bit. Yeah, and I suppose if you look at his business this season, it's been building around John Stones, hasn't it? Goalkeeper, full-backs. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Moving ahead to the attack, because that's where Guardiola's looking now, isn't it? Mm. And the Alexis Sanchez stuff, City is still very much in the pursuit for him. How do you see that in terms of, do they need Sanchez? Why is he so obsessed with getting Sanchez? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, because I... I Believe that if they don't get Sanchez, then they might get. Well, there's, there's the possibility of Mbappe as well. I think there's, yeah. there's an interest there, um, even if City perhaps think he might go elsewhere. But if they weren't to get either of those two, I'm not sure that they would go for anybody else. I think they might try and make do with what they've got. There might be a little chance for for Patrick Roberts. I'm not saying for one minute that he's the plan B or anything, but I think you know his future might hinge on whether. Sanchez comes or not, so uh, he's, I think it's, they just see it as a, a sort of a once, almost a once in a lifetime mm. chance with with Sanchez. You know, he he is a player who, who Guardiola obviously loves, uh, and sooner or later he is going to leave Arsenal. So so City want to make sure that they're at the front of the queue, whether they do it now and pay at least 50 million plus his wages, or whether they wait and you know try and get through this year. Uh, you know, with the with the thought that what a, what an amazing free signing, free yeah. transfer signing, it'd be next summer. So uh, 
I don't think you've heard the last of City and Sanchez. Is it going to happen this summer? It's, it's, it's really hard to see how this one plays out at the moment. I think Guardiola wants to really compete for both the Premier League and the Champions League. And obviously English clubs have struggled for the last few years to, to maintain a challenge in both. Um, and to do that, he just needs a really strong uh, squad, depth, a lot of depth. And he's got uh, four, or three or four really top forwards, but he wants to add one more just to keep everyone competing for places. And to uh, you just need that depth. If, you, if you're going to win both of them in one season, which is an ambition, you need that. You need that strength and depth. It's a question of where he'd play, though, isn't it? You know, if he mm. does come, I think that uh, no, not necessarily from us three around this table. But if he was to come, I think that inevitably there'd be more question marks about Aguero. You know, yeah. is, 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 has something got to give? So, uh, um, yeah, I can see why they want him this summer. He's going to he's going to let Kalechi go. Uh, you know, it'd be it'd be amazing if he stayed from here. So, uh, he, and, and he probably sees Alexis as somebody who can play wide and and in that sort of central role if. Uh, if possible, you know, if, if needed. So, uh, um, yeah, it's a, it's an intriguing one. Uh, I can see why Arsenal are digging the wheels, and they, they certainly wouldn't want to sell him to City. But it's it's such a huge gamble, I think, you know, for a uh, to to let a player of that standing's contract run down um, and risk losing him for nothing. If a player of that stand, of that sort of status, to go for nothing, it's it's almost unheard of. And despite Wenger's bullish comments. Arsenal just do not have a history of letting that happen, do no. they? They sell their crown jewels. You yeah, know? Yeah. What was it? it was in 2011 they let uh, Nasri and Fabregas go after saying they couldn't be considered a big club if they sold them. Yeah. A year later they sold Van Persie to, to United. This is what Arsenal do, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, the, the, thing that, the thing that makes me wonder this time whether it could be different for Arsenal is that Wenger had to go through such a rocky patch last mm. season, you know, and if he having agreed his new two-year contract, if he then goes and sells Arsenal's best player to what would be considered a rival, then he's going to put himself on the back foot right from the word go. But from City's point of view, is Wenger going to get overruled in it all, you know, because the board must be looking at it thinking, well, 50 million quid plus all the wages that he's going to get over the next 12 months, you, you know, you're looking up towards 60 million. Is, is that, you know, can they take the, that risk? Can they take that hit? Bearing in mind they're not in the Champions League this season, so... You know they'll get less income from from the Europa League, so uh, it's a big decision for them. Um, and uh, Wenger will be hoping that the board back him because if they don't, then he's going to be made to look a bit silly. The other side to this is that Wenger it has often been accused of treating Arsenal's money like it's his own, hasn't mm. he? And, and been accused of not wanting to spend that money, not wanting to waste it. So can he seriously sit back and say, well, yeah, we're going to let sixty million pounds go down the drain? Well, even even in this summer of huge transfer fees and talk of lots of extra money from TV deals and stuff like that, 50, 60 million pounds like Martin says is a huge amount of money mm. and um, the board are probably going to get involved at some point and make the ultimate decision um, so it might, yeah, it may come out of Wenger's hands but you can, you can certainly see why City haven't backed off yet, put it that yeah. way you know, I think that uh, they, they, they've been looking, as you've written yourself James you know, they've been looking at Arsenal's track record if you like and thinking uh, you know, there's a, there's a bit of mileage in this yet, and, and with good reason. So, like I say, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this one plays out, and uh, I, I can't call which way it's going to go. I've, I've, I've always felt that he'll, he'll end up at City, but Wenger's so bullish about it. I just mm. think, you know, it's going to be such an enormous climb down for him if, uh, if, 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 if he does um, back down and let him move to City. So far, Sanchez has been very well behaved in the whole saga. Mm. He's not really That's caused true. much of a fuss. Obviously, yeah. there's still a few weeks of the window to go. Whether he sort of ups his uh, 
stance. Maybe, you know, we've seen obviously players going on strike, but he, he seems to be quite a sort of uh, not that sort of player. But the more the window uh, deadline cl- comes nearer, the more the possibility he might have to yeah. start forcing Arsenal's hand if he if he wants to leave. Mm. He's been kind of coy, hasn't he? We've had that one interview where he said he wants to play in the cha- wants to win the Champions League. That felt like a bit of a, a thinly veiled message. Yeah, yeah. But even still, yeah, he's, he's so far he's not really. Pressure, no, I know, and he's, he's, he's. I think he must be due back um, probably the end of end of this month, probably end of July, early August to, to start his pre-season. You know, he's had his, his long holiday about the same time that, that Claudio Bravo will be due back at City. He'll be going back to Arsenal, and it's a question. You know, he'll, he'll still have a month to get through before the before the uh, window. And uh, does he start to sort of turn the screw, and does he, you know, go on strike as we call it, as players have done in the past? Does he want it that much, or is he is he a real pro and he's just going to get his head down and uh, uh, and go through these next 12 months? I, I'd, I'd be really surprised if he uh, if he signs a new contract at Arsenal from from here. You know, I might be wrong, but it, it just doesn't look promising for Arsenal. In classic newspaper style, I'm always thinking of what's the next story after this one, mm. and I kind of think City fans maybe should be careful what they wish for because I know they absolutely hate all the speculation about Aguero, mm. but. The reason why there is, is because there is uncertainty over his future. Last season he was dropped for Gabriel Jesus. There was a period where Guardiola decided that it was, what, Sterling, Sane and Jesus, that was his front three. Yeah. And I just kind of think, how on earth then, where does Aguero fit in if Sanchez comes? Yeah, 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 no, it is. Do you want to go, Johnny? Well, I think we were talking about uh, Wenger, it being a huge climb down for him if he was to say that, uh, if he was allowed to allow Sanchez to go. Equally for City, probably even more so for City. We've seen the chairman come out and say he's staying. We've seen uh, Guardiola saying he's staying. Aguero himself says he's quite happy to stay. There's still, still these sort of uh, speculation rumbles on because of people like Sanchez being linked with the club. But so many people have said he's not for sale. I think it'd be very difficult for, to see him leaving now. Yeah. Particularly the chairman, I think, in, in this case. You know, we, we hear from Pep most weeks in the season and he says the same thing. We hear from Calder really once a year. Uh, and for him to come out in May as he did so strongly, so you know, with, without any doubt really that he was staying, I, I just don't think there's any way that they would, he would say that and then two months down the line sell him to the highest bidder. The other thing is with him at the moment is where where would he go? You know, Chelsea have just signed that uh, San Morata, United have signed Lukaku, um, PSG. I don't see uh, City and PSG doing a business on that scale given who their owners are. Real Madrid, Barcelona, you don't really see a space for him. Um, so I I think that this summer he'll stay. I, I, next summer I'm not so sure. Um, but I think, you know, we, we all probably hope he stays as well because, uh, you know, on his day, he's, uh, he's, he's magnificent. Absolutely. I, th- I, think, I think that was the thing about a lot of what we were writing last season. It was our own shock yeah. that that anyone could drop Aguero, yeah, wasn't it? Because yeah. I look at him and I think he's a virtually undroppable player. Mm. No, he's, he's, I mean, he is, and he's, his goal-scoring record is, is, is nobody's business, really. He's, uh, he's been, um, uh, he's going he's to get to the club's all-time record, uh, you know, in, in, in double quick time. And, you know, you could see in those last few weeks of the season that he was really uh, uh, running more and, and mm. chasing back more, and, and that, that really was the message that... Uh, that Guardiola was was looking to, to get across to him. I think that I think he was genuine when he when he said how delighted he was with the the way he uh, he, he sort of upped it um, t- towards the, the end of the season. And yet again, his his goal return was was, was amazing too. Arguably, his performances for the team 
at the end of last season were better than at any time during his, his time at City. He was, he, was, he was selfless in his running, chasing down defenders and uh, things like that. He was really fighting for his place because for the first time he's under threat from Gabriel Jesus. I mean, there's, there's been some great strikers at City during his time. Uh, Dzeko, Balotelli, Tevez, people like that. He's always been number one. Yeah. For the first time, Jesus has really put him under pressure and taken his starting place. And uh, Aguero responded very, very well, and Guardiola was delighted with that. But, um, yeah, he's, 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 he's a fantastic striker, and that's, it's remarkable that City would ever consider selling... Well, not ever consider selling, but at the moment, certainly. All right, well, I'm going to put you both on the spot here, then. First game of the season... What is City's forward line? And you can add Sanchez into that as well. As <laughs> uh, and Mbappe if you want. <laughs> it's the, the, one, uh, the one query really is Bernardo Silva. We've not seen him yet. He's not been with the first team. And whether that game comes too quickly, I mean, I would possibly have him in my starting eleven. whether he needs a little bit of extra try- time with the uh, squad. So I would certainly see Sane on the, uh, on the left. <laughs> If Silva's not quite ready, then Sterling on the right, and then uh, a striker through the middle, which I will go for Gabriel Jesus <laughs> at the moment. So you're dropping Sergio Aguero at the moment, first game of the season? At the season. moment, I, uh, yes, yes. Get but, ready for the headlines. Well, he's, yeah, someone's <laughs> going to be dropped, aren't they? So. It, was, it was interesting that Pep said the other day he didn't feel like he got to see Gabriel Jesus and Aguero together enough. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, he does, he's not known for playing two up top, certainly anywhere he's, he's been before, but it does look like and sound like he is trying to develop a system where that could be uh, that could be uh, a possibility um, the, the sort of slight problem and it's, it's not it's not really a problem as such in the first few weeks of the season they're, they're just looking at one one game a week so yeah. inevitably there's going to be some players who are like hey and even maybe you know one or two who are sort of thinking well do I have to go before the end of August but once the first international breaks out of the way there'll be other uh, you know there'll be plenty of games for uh, for everybody to get their go um, but at the moment, it's, it's really hard to say what the, that starting lineup is going to be. You know, I, I I'd like to see Aguero in there. To be honest with you, I, I, I think that um, maybe Jesus might just miss out. So you're dropping Jesus. Either way, it's an interesting. It's going to be interesting to see, isn't it? That's the thing. So. Well, yeah. it's going to give us plenty to write about after Hopefully every game, so. isn't it? Um, so, yeah. I think he'll start with Jesus and Aguero. Mm. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work no. out formation-wise, but that's not my job. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Martin, John, thanks for joining me here. And uh, we'll have more from our podcast coming up.